Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at prize picks they also have a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code ts U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast. He joins the show. SEC Mike, what's going on, man? Great to have you once again. Hey, what's up, man? I don't, I don't know what uh, – I just remember the last time I came on, too. I don't, I don't know the service you use. It doesn't work with my camera. This is not supported. Really? The, yeah, the Melon, Melon platform. Me, Melon giveth and taketh, for sure. It, it does. Fire I apologize. I'd fire him. Yeah. So, <laughs> this, this is my laptop camera. I apologize. We, we no, you're good. You're good. We we are at that point in the season where I think it's time to do some firing for sure. It's <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Mike, uh, we'll start with this. How convinced are you that South Carolina's win over Tennessee last year was uh, was aided by by uh, Michigan spies or Michigan intel, <laughs> the Shane Beamer and company? Uh, yeah, but no, that's. I don't know where that's where's that coming from. I I thought so the. I was sent this this morning by a Tennessee fan, actually. So this right. is from Football Scoop. It says, sources told Football Scoop this week that the Wolverines had scouted... Who, who wrote the article? Tell me, not not the not the outlet, the, the actual guy. Because if, it, if it's it's who I think it is, it's, uh, it's completely let's bogus. Yeah, is his, I name, gotta... is his name John? <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I'd have to pull it up here. I'm not exactly sure. Anyways, but there's an article... Just, this is just... All, there's yeah. always an excuse. What, why we right. lost... it. You got your ass kicked. That's what happened. There's, there's yeah. no. I don't care if they're sign stealing or what. Tennessee runs an offense that goes so damn fast. You, you literally cannot relay. Okay, what are they doing? Let's get it to the sideline. Let's get it to the players. That is, that's not possible. Now, maybe a little bit different on the defense, but I thought there was a locker room fight. I thought it was nil. I thought it was raining. I thought this. I thought that. There's always an excuse. No, you got your ass kicked. I don't. And why, why would you, are you doing this, this huge elaborate sign stealing? And then, oh yeah, by the way, you're calling and letting everybody know, Hey, we're, we're doing all this craziness. Um, you know, let's get you involved in it. So now South Carolina's culpable. Like, like what in the hell are we talking so, about? We're just, we're just making excuses. To your point, John Bryce wrote the article on football scoop. Uh, and I had no idea. Literally, I had no idea, but, I, <laughs> but he's, a, he's a Tennessee guy. And so am I. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying like, to hell with that guy because I know he does good work. But I yeah, I knew as soon so, as you said football scoop, I knew he wrote it, and I just disregarded all that completely. So th this is the excerpt, though, because I just want you to hear this. So sources told football scoop this week the Wolverines had scouted SEC foes, including Georgia and Tennessee, as potential college football playoff adversaries. Moreover, a source with direct knowledge, per sources, right, indicated to football scoop that Michigan may have attempted to assist the opposition of a potential college football playoff opponent 
in an effort to disrupt that team's potential path to the playoff. So right, that's where Tennessee fans are. So what does that mean? What, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> and, we, and we don't even know for sure. We don't even know for sure that we're, they're, they're talking about Tennessee right. or, or what. So, I mean, this it's just nonsense. It's, yeah. it's like Tennessee <laughs> complaining about the refs last week when they lost to Georgia, it was raining out. You know what I mean? It's like, my God, yeah. we, we just got to have an excuse for, uh, these days for everything. You know, you got your ass kicked. That's what it was. So, so what's the excuse for Tennessee then against uh, Alabama last weekend, since we're on the note of that? The, the referees. The referees okay. screwed them. I mean, <laughs> I, I saw gotta... I saw uh, Shane's thing. Was that a fair catch? The, yeah, I, I, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> now, I'll give you, that fair catch was a weird one. But, yeah. again, that uh, a missed call on a fair catch is not why you'll, you know, uh, got outscored 27 to 0 in the second half. So, Mike, we're going to get to the specifics, obviously, of this week and, of course, Gamecocks and Texas A&M. But let's start with the bigger picture. We enter, what is it, week nine of the college football season, the SEC season. What's been the biggest surprise to you, both in the SEC East and the SEC West? Like, when you look at those each of those divisions, what has surprised you the most at this point? Um, In the East, probably Kentucky, and they're just – totally ineffective passing game. I thought they'd be, you know, I, I was never a big Will Levis fan. I think I've said that on every show I've ever been on, but I, I figured we were upgrading there. And uh, we we have not, to put it kindly, with Liam Cohen back and, and Devin Leary, he's been a complete bust up to this point. Of course, I'm saying this, he'll probably score five touchdowns on the Vols uh, on Saturday, just to curse me. Uh, and then out of the West, probably... Uh, I mean, I bought into all the Jimbo hype once again. Uh, I guess that's not stunning because we I think we all assume they'd be either really good or he's getting fired, and it looks like he's about to get fired. Uh, you know, I've been calling it the decaying dynasty. Alabama keeps winning these damn close games. That's no, I'll 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 re retract that because even though I had Arkansas fifth, I had Arkansas fifth in the West, and a lot of people jumped on me. I'm a big Sam Pittman fan. But just the fact that their offense has been such garbage, and, and of course the big news, they fired their offensive coordinator, Dan Enos. All offseason, I thought, if they can just have a capable defense, they're going to be really good because they got the best quarterback, I thought, probably the second best running back in the SEC. And with Sam Pittman, you just have blind faith that they're going to fix the offensive line. None of that has come to fruition, and, and they've been god-awful. They're, they may be the worst team in the SEC right now, Arkansas. So. I'd say Arkansas struggles, particularly on on offense. That's been a huge surprise to me out of the West. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast joining the show. You mentioned Jimbo Fisher, Mike. Let's go ahead and get into Gamecocks and Aggies. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If Texas A&M loses this football game somehow, Jimbo's done, right? Like buyout be damned, he's finished. He should already be. They should have fired his ass last year. I don't know what what in the hell they're doing, and uh, they may bring him back. I don't know, but uh, I, I think the the fact that Texas looks like they're improving, they just landed another five star. I mean, you're 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 gonna get lapped by them when they come into the league. If you got Jimbo Fisher as your head coach, and I mean, he's no more than an expensive Kevin Sumlin. So I don't know what in the hell we're doing. I don't I don't care if they beat the Gamecocks by fifty or lose by fifty. He should be fired on Sunday. And uh, they're just delaying the inevitable. But, yeah, if, if South Carolina wins as a two-touchdown underdog at Kyle Field, yeah, Jim, Jimbo should be gone by Sunday. He should be. I don't think he will be, though. They're, for whatever reason, they're clinging to him. So you look at that game, Mike, South Carolina getting a two-touchdown underdog. I, I think it's a lot of, you know, when you get to this point in the season and you've got two football teams, two programs that obviously are having – disappointing seasons in regards to their standards or expectations they had in the preseason. I think a lot of it is like which team is more fired up to play and more wants to be there and is kind of more bought in and invested, what have you. And I'll ask you this on the South Carolina side, like how surprised are you that it's gotten to this point? Because I think, you know, I, I listened to you guys in the preseason and we talked at media days. And I, I think, I think you and I and cousin Shane were on pretty similar footing in the sense that this, this could be a step back for South Carolina because of the roster turnover and how good the rest of the league was and what have you. But even I didn't see it getting to this point, two and five, staring two and six in the face. Like, have you even been surprised at how much South Carolina has slipped? Or did you sort of see this coming because of all the pieces, the talent maybe they were missing coming in? Yeah, I mean, I'm not overly surprised, to be honest with you. I was surprised they lost to Florida. I picked them to beat Florida. I thought that would be kind of the difference, and we don't have to rehash that terrible moment for your fan base. But, you know, I think I, I picked South Carolina fifth in the East, and I picked Florida sixth. And now they're probably going to switch spaces because because of that result. So, um, you know, I Spencer Rattler has surprised me. He's better. I, I put him famously ninth in the quarterback rankings, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, you know, he lost his left tackle. And South Carolina is just not at a position right now where you can lose your stud left tackle. That's not going to be replaced. And I didn't realize it was going to be a catastrophe all around the left tackle as well. And then if you had told me that Juice Wells was going to largely be unavailable, I probably would have picked South Carolina six because he's he's that good of a player. And we saw that against Georgia, and people just need to go back. You, you referenced the Tennessee game from last year, Clemson from last year. Just turn on the tape, and you're missing that piece. South Carolina is not at a place where you can replace that guy. Now, they've done a hell of a job with Xavier Leggett. Now he's banged up, but it's kind of sad. I mean, we can sit here and just think about what that offense could have been with your starting left tackle and both those receivers healthy 
all year long. Could have really surprised some people, but um, it, it didn't turn out that way. Now, did I think the defense would be this pathetic? No, no, I didn't think that. Uh, I, I've been surprised that, uh, you know, special teams has not been horrible, but they've been elite. So I was kind of anticipating that would continue, but I, I yeah, I mean, it, it, it's certainly been disappointing, and I get people are kind of wondering, year three seems like we're taking a step back. What's this team going to look like without Spencer Rattler? I know everybody's fired up about uh, Sellers, but and, and this is not to discredit him at all because I don't want everyone to think that I'm just coming on here to to just crap on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Well, we've all done this where yep, Tennessee fans are living it. You know, when Hendon Hooker goes, we'll be fine. We got Joe Milton. You ain't fine. You know what I mean? Uh Jonathan Crompton. I remember people were fired up about him at Tennessee. He was awful. Yeah, and on and on and on. There's the guy that's not proven anything, but's looked good in a spring game or looked good against Furman. We get fired up and say the future's bright, and it, and it's it could very well be, but he's not going to be Spencer Rattler. Not not Spencer Rattler. What he is today, he's not going to be that tomorrow. Now he may be that in two years, and if he is, we're going to be fine. But uh, th there's going to be a drop off at the game's most important position next year too. So. What does South Carolina look like? I don't know. I'm a little concerned. And I, I think also, Chris, something that's not being talked about enough, and no one knows the answer to this, so this is not me calling out Beamer or anything, but a lot of these programs have made the decision to build through the transfer portal, and that that's a blessing because that then you exceed expectations right out the gate, but you're not developing. You're there, There's no guys in year three or four of your program that you brought in via the transfer portal years ago and now we're stepping up you you essentially are you're you're forcing yourself to do it through the portal every year or you're hoping that these high school guys that have never done it can come onto the field and and, and step up in the SEC and and again this is not just a strict criticism of South Carolina we're seeing it at LSU where they have no defensive backs at all this is DBU we're seeing it at Arkansas where they built through the portal and now you you miss a couple times in the portal. Now you got nothing. You know what I mean? So it's a dangerous game, but uh, that that's kind of the hand that South Carolina was dealt. And I think we're seeing some of that, particularly on the offensive line with uh, with lack of development. And, and again, that's not just a South Carolina issue. Sam Pittman's having it at, at Arkansas, and he's the best offensive line coach in the country. So I, I don't know that there's an answer, but I don't think there's an easy uh, fix to all this either. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste, and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted.
The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Mike, admittedly over the offseason, I would have told you that Shane Beamer was somewhat in untouchable status after the way year two ended, the way that the culture has been completely flipped since he's gotten there, the recruiting momentum, you name it, what have you, what he had done with Gamecocks football to that point. It's funny how a couple losses mount up, and really I think starting, Mike, with that Tennessee game, that's when I saw the energy kind of start to shift then you lose that Florida game, which was the backbreaker. Then you go to Mizzou and just look completely unprepared and get dismantled. And there's real conversation, not saying it's the majority, but there's real conversation from a lot of Gamecock Nation about what is the future under Beamer? Is this guy must champ 2.0? Like, is he the long-term answer? What have you? And you and I both know, Mike, you don't get six or seven or eight years to figure it out and build. Like, you know, for big-time programs, if you don't have it going by year three, you're probably going – and most other programs, if you don't have it going by, I'd say probably year five, give or take, that's when you sort of know what you have. So have you been surprised by the commentary from Gamecock Nation about Shane Beamer and sort of the the increased pressure? Or do you think that's just it just kind of comes with the comes with the job, comes with the business that I mean, you know, you, you don't have as long as you used to, per se. Because admittedly for me, Mike, I think it's somewhat taken me by surprise how so many I saw over the offseason that you couldn't say one bad thing or one critical thing, I should say, about Shane Beamer without getting your head bit off. There's a lot of those people, Mike, that are leading the charge that, hey, Beamer's not the guy anymore. We got to look a different direction. It surprised me, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I get. I guess I don't think we should be surprised, though, either, because I'll, I'll go back to Sam Pittman. I mean, he's the Arkansas man. Mm-hmm. Now, majority of those fans want him at, him gone. Uh, these Florida fans that are they're touting Billy Napier, they wanted his ass fired after Utah. They wanted his ass fired after Kentucky. That was about three weeks ago, Chris. You know what and I mean? Like, and they'll want him fired if they lose like four <laughs> of their last five or something. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're just crazy down here. We're crazy for SEC. That's why guys like you and I have a show because these, these fans are so great. They're so passionate. Um, it, it just runs through their blood. But, yeah, so I guess I'm not overly surprised, but I am surprised by this, Chris. Uh, you know, as you could clearly see by my setup and uh, just my overall appearance, I'm no Josh Pate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm doing this out of a duplex and in a little town in Tennessee. I'm not in a studio, but I always get a kick when Josh Pate does his show. Fantastic show. And he's always, you know, I got this coach texting me. I got this insight. 
I'm not that guy. They, they don't reach out to me very often. But I have been getting reached by some of these coaches, some of the people at some of these networks saying, what in the hell is wrong with Shane Beamer with his week after week antics and, and, and uh, comments after these post games and breaking his foot and all this. So, again, I say that not to, like, toot my horn, but it's like I think it's all across college football right now. People are saying, what in the hell is, is, is up with this guy and, and why, why does he keep doing this stuff? Why is he throwing his players under the bus? Um, it's 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 not not a good look. Now, does that matter to South Carolina? Does it matter to the fans? Probably not. But it's not making him any friends, I would think. And and that's going to make it harder for when you fire your defensive coordinator to bring in an elite coordinator. When it, who knows Dow Loggins? I, I I don't even know how you grade that guy because they can't block anybody. But they may. What if they need to upgrade him? And I said this when Shane Beamer got hired. And these South Carolina fans jumped on my ass. But I said, I, th- I thought the point of getting Shane Beamer was this crazy Rolodex, and we're going to hire an elite staff because we don't have to pay him much because he's totally unproven. And he hires Marcus Satterfield, who was best friend. The guy's awful. Hired Clayton White. I never heard of the guy. And, and again, Gamecock Nation, well, you're just stupid. You're an idiot. Well, they don't want him now either. You know what I mean? Like, so where, where are these great coaches I thought we were getting when we hired Shane Beamer, uh, and that's not to say that, you know, he's a complete bust. I, I wouldn't fire him. I, th- I think, aside from this year, I, th- I think he's done a hell of a job. I, th- I think he, entering this year, he's a top-half SEC coach. You don't run him off because you have a, all these injuries. He's, he, he got Pete Lembo. Let's not overlook everything. You know, I, I think Justin Stepp is one of the best receivers coaches. in the Who, who in the hell was uh, touting Xavier Leggett as a good player before this year? Who – they were excited to get Juice Wells, but no South Carolina fan was like, yeah, we got Juice Wells, baby. No, they weren't doing that until they they working with Justin Stepp. He developed those guys. You, you've got some elite coaches on your staff, so I'm not throwing out the whole thing. Hell, remember, Florida tried to get Justin Stepp. They, he, he decided, I'd rather coach with Shane Beamer than go down there with uh, boring Billy down there in Gainesville. So there there is a lot to sell i i realize no one no one cares about moral victories and we got this coach and that coach and and we ain't winning on the field but uh I, yeah that's a long way of saying I, I i guess i'm not surprised by all the uh the you know we got to get rid of beamer but i i think that's crazy you mentioned sam pitman mike and i'll go there because i i think two somewhat similar situations like when i when i look at arkansas and south carolina and program expectations and history, what have you, and, and and the way that Sam Pittman and Shane Beamer, they're they're just similar in the way that they're they're a fit for each of their respective schools. Uh Pittman obviously with the move to fire Dan Enos. Your thoughts on Pittman's status in Fayetteville? And I'll ask you this which respective coach do you think outlasts the other at their school? Sam Pittman at Arkansas or Shane Beamer at South Carolina? Oh, de- I think definitely Beamer at South Carolina because, I mean, if they don't win another game, Arkansas will fire Sam Pittman. Yeah. Now, I don't think they're going to lose because they still got FIU. They got uh, Auburn at home. They got uh, Mizzou at home. I mean, that's a t- tough-ass game at Florida. So, I mean, there's <laughs> many losable games there. But I think they're going to give Sam another opportunity, and I, I think they've made a scapegoat, scapegoat out of uh, Dan Enos, which is a – a wise move, something that, uh, you know, Beamer, he, he kind of learned with Marcus Satterfield, no doubt. So we could blame it on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if he comes back, and that is an if right now, I think he's certainly going to be on the hottest seat in the SEC. But 
again, if he nails an offensive coordinator hire, I mean, I, he had the best coordinator duo in the SEC the last couple of years with Barry Odom and Kendall Browns. So he is a guy. Same thing with Shane Beamer. He's been around. He, he's got all these connections. People like to work for him. And he lets his coaches coach. So, but the problem with Arkansas, it, it's much like South Carolina, where th these fans demand excellence. And it's just hard to do. Now, I, I think it's easier at South Carolina because you're closer to Georgia and Florida and, and Tennessee and North Carolina where, where there's a lot of talent. Arkansas is kind of isolated up there where their nearest recruiting base is Texas. And that that's a good while away. So uh, th that's a tough-ass job. And, and people have won there before. So I'm not saying you can't win there, but that, again, that gets held against you. And I, I saw your uh, interview with Marler. That guy's awesome. But and the same thing you said, you know, uh, Steve Spurrier, you know, set a standard at South Carolina that all these other coaches are judged by. Shane Beamer, he's no Steve Spurrier. And that's not disrespectful because Steve Spurrier's the top five SEC coach all time. You know what I mean? So, but that's the standard Beamer's held against. And um, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be it's hard for him to ever win three 11 win seasons, nonetheless, three in a row. I don't I, I don't think that'll ever happen. Now, getting off of South Carolina, Mike, let, let's move to the Georgia Bulldogs. They begin life without Brock Bowers this weekend in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And obviously, he's going to, <clears throat> excuse me, miss the remainder of the regular season, what, four to six weeks, something like that. Can Georgia win it all still and even win the SEC? Can they win it all, though, without Brock Bowers on the offensive side? I don't think so. And I don't even know if they can win it with him because I, I don't. They've not looked like the best team to me this year. Now, the, the one time they did was against Kentucky. They just destroyed them. But now, all of a sudden, how good is Kentucky? You know what I mean? They get, they got whooped by ho at home. But I think Mizzou's really good, too, but just absolutely dominated. We'll see what happens with uh, this weekend, Tennessee at Kentucky. But, I mean, I, I don't want to completely dismiss Georgia, but I don't even think they have a playoff resume at this point in time. Now, they could they could get there because the next month is is – is very tough schedule for them. Florida on a neutral field. Uh, they got Missouri and Ole Miss at home, and then at Tennessee. If if you if they run through all them and kick all those teams' ass, I'll I'll be changing my tune pretty quick because they're they're going to have to be doing it without Brock Bowers. So, uh, but right now, no, I I would answer no. I don't think they can win the national championship without Brock Bowers because I don't think, based on what I've seen from them this season, that they could they could win it with him. Mike, what do you make of the SEC West race? You know, we get to this point in the season and three teams are in it with Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama. I, you know, it's funny how we spend all season, you know, things change, but the more they change, the more they stay the same in the sense that the West is probably going to come down to LSU, Bama, and Tuscaloosa in, in just over a week and a half or so. But, uh, I mean, what do you make of that? Could, could Ole Miss sneak in? I know LSU was your preseason national champion pick and unfortunately that's probably not going to hit because I don't think they're going to get in as a two win or two loss I should say team um but what do you make of it because again Bama on a weekend week out basis I mean they're not winning in typical Bama fashion they're not flashy they're not running through people but they're finding ways to win with Jalen Milrow and just enough in a running game and the offensive line's terrible then you got LSU who's got a historically great offense but they can't stop anybody and then you know, Ole Miss just just kind of keeps on keeping on quietly handling their business. Like, what do you make of the top of the West right now? I just think it's going to be hilarious when LSU walks into Tuscaloosa and beats Alabama, <laughs> but then loses to A&M in the season finale, oh. and then Alabama wins the West. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen, some crazy like that. But, uh, yeah, you reference Ole Miss. They're still in it. Uh, but they got to go to Georgia. They have to win that game. 
They need Alabama to lose twice uh, in conference play. So I just I almost look at Ole Miss and I don't even con- consider them a, a, a factor because I don't think Alabama's losing two now. If they beat Georgia, Alabama's only got to lose one. So, you know, maybe you look at it like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because I, I've been calling for the decline of Alabama for about 10 years now. And, and this, I feel like I was the most accurate, uh, that just how awful they looked early in the season. They are getting better. Great defense. I've been impressed with Jalen Milrow. Each, each week seems to take strides to become a better and better quarterback. So, it's it's going to be Alabama. I know it. They're going to win every game by two or three points, every critical one. And then, uh, yeah, they'll march on to Atlanta and just get destroyed by Georgia in the SEC championship. And all those fans will be like, oh, we were right. We won the West. But I, I didn't realize that was the the barometer there of success in Tuscaloosa is just getting at, you, you know, just waxed by Georgia in the SEC championship. But so be it. If that's if that's what they want to hang their hats on. Uh, that to me is a decaying dynasty. If all you care about is winning the, the SEC West, not winning an SEC, not winning a national championship, which I thought was the standard of a dynasty, but maybe they just meant an SEC West division dynasty. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast. Mike, last thing before I let you go. How close are we to Nico time in Knoxville? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. <laughs> they I don't know they won't play him I, I don't know what in the world's going on I I thought remember when um you know when all this NIL madness started there was a lot of people that that wondered man this could get sketchy these guys start getting paid and these boosters are going to demand guys play it's almost like the the exact opposite like Apple's like you paid this guy I ain't paying I, I'm not gonna play him I eight million dollar quarterback right or something I mean like I don't that. he's not seen the field in a in a meaningful I mean, I, I don't think I've seen him do anything other than hand the ball off. Now, that's about all Tennessee can do is run the ball, so why not play him? He, I mean, he can hand it off. He's, he's an elite at handing the ball off, Chris, so I don't I don't know what in the world they're doing. You know, that's not to say that, like, Joe Milton, he's he's not been great, obviously, but I don't think he's certainly like last week against Alabama. That was his best game. And Tennessee fans are calling for him to be benched now after his te- his best game, I guess because they lost the game, but they wouldn't have won that with Nico in there. I, I don't. I mean, that's kind of nonsensical, but I don't know that there's going to come a time because now the schedule ramps up with with road t- trips to Kentucky, Mizzou. You really want to be starting a true freshman in, in these critical games, and then Georgia's coming to town. you got to start them against Georgia. The, the only one I could see is uh, they got UConn at home and they got Vanderbilt at home. I think, hopefully, praying to God, you know, maybe in, in Nico's NIL deal, there's this says, don't play me my first year. I don't know, but... Uh, those are the only games I think he'll see the field in, in any meaningful action. And 
And given what Josh Heupel shown us, I don't even know if that happens. Michael Bratton, that SEC podcast. They do a fantastic job. Mike, you and Cousin Shane keep up the great work. Cousin Shane's not locking in Carolina plus 14 as his lock of the week, is he? <laughs> he's, not, he's not revealed. He'll, he'll reveal it tonight on the live show. He's, but He's 1-0 and in his last one, though, right? I mean, so he's, he's, he's kind of 1-0 like, and 2-11 and 11 on the year. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, he's trying to go back to back. That's called a winning streak, right? A winning streak. So hopefully, yep. cousin, or yeah, cousin Shane, get on a winning streak. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It's always a pleasure. Let's definitely do it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.